Hey guys, Cody here just reminding you that the best wrestlers in the world are coming to Iowa for the UWW World Cup at Extreme Arena in Coralville this December 10th and 11th. This one-of-a-kind dual-style competition features the world's very best men's and women's freestyle wrestlers repping their home countries and going head-to-head to decide who is the best wrestling country on the planet. You'll get to see Team USA's biggest wrestling stars like Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Snyder, Tamara Mensa-Stock, Helen Naroulis, so many more. There's no better time than now to be a USA wrestling fan, and there's no better time than now to get your tickets. Be sure to go to worldcupcoralville.com. I put links in the show notes so that you guys can get all the information you need. You're not going to want to miss this. One more time, get your tickets at worldcupcoralville.com. Number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I'm going to put a plug in because we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telfer, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Wednesday, November 9th. Fun show for you guys today. Talking about Iowa State's impressive, impressive season opening weekend down in Jacksonville, Florida. The Cyclones went 3-0 at the Battle in the River City, 33-7 over Arkansas Little Rock, 34-3 over Campbell, and then a 26-6 demolition over Wisconsin. Went 25-5 overall in individual individual matches on the day and looked every bit like the top 10 team they are aspiring to be this season. To break down Iowa State's season opening performance, called up Ryan Holmes, who called the action on Rockfin streams and got a close-up view of the Cyclones over the weekend. For those who may have been in the wrestling bubble long enough, Ryan Holmes is going to sound like a familiar name. He was a longtime do-everything guy for Flow Wrestling, where he produced content, covered wrestling events, did play-by-play and commentary for their live streams, social media, all that good stuff. He left Flow a few years ago and now works at the Sports Business Journal as a sponsored content editor and hosts the Athletes to Athletes podcast. And in his free time, Ryan continues to do wrestling play-by-play and commentary, which is where he was this past weekend down in Jacksonville at the Battle in the River City, again on the Rockfin streams. Those of us diehard wrestling fans know it can be sometimes hit and miss, um, you know, with who's on the call for certain wrestling events that we watch online. So when I heard Ryan's voice while watching Iowa State this past weekend, absolutely delighted. He's a pro's pro, does his homework, knows his stuff, and always delivers when the camera's on. So for today's show, I linked up with Ryan to talk about Iowa State's performance. Uh, We went uh, big picture takeaways about what we saw from Iowa State over the weekend, dove into some specific performances about the freshmen, about David Carr, then looked ahead to what we want to see from the Cyclones moving forward. It's a great conversation. Ryan brought the goods as always. I appreciate you guys tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy the show. As promised, Ryan Holmes here, who no longer with flow, but still very much um, back in, I guess we can phrase it that way, back into the wrestling broadcast world. Did a lot of commentary this past weekend. Sounds like we were just chatting here before I hit record. I'm going to do a lot more wrestling commentary moving forward. Ryan, I appreciate you coming on, man. How are things? Things are good, man. Things are busy. Um, you know, like I, like I said, when we were chatting, I work for SBJ now doing a lot of things in corporate sports, sponsored content, stuff like that. But, you know, my love is wrestling. So, uh, you know, I got to do Princeton's home duels last year, which I'll do again this year. And then, you know, another event that's going to be here in the Lehigh Valley this weekend with Journeyman. And, you know, hopefully a lot more coming. It was awesome to be Jack- down in Jacksonville and watching, you know, Wisconsin versus Iowa State and seeing Campbell and, 
you know, also just getting to interact with those coaches and seeing what those coaches have built over time. I mean, Little Rock with, you know, with, with Coach Arisman, seeing what he's been building out there is is amazing. And then, you know, we're going to talk Iowa State, obviously, and seeing those young guys was, you know, they, they look top notch. It looked like they were ready to go. Yeah, and it was fun to, you know, specifically Wisconsin-Iowa State, right? Big early season duel, but um, two interesting programs, right, that are still very much ascending, right? Um, you know, I know that Wisconsin, there's a lot of hype in that lineup and a lot of credentialed wrestlers in that lineup. Iowa State, kind of the same thing, but like you said, and, and we'll touch on that here in a moment, um, credentialed wrestlers, but also a little bit of a youth push, um, which was really fun to see. And um, I was really glad to get you on here, obviously, because you were down there in Jacksonville. You were on the ground. You and Willie Saylor both able to get your eyes on these guys, and, and specifically Iowa State. Tremendous weekend from them um, to get things rolling. 3-0 and in duels, beat Campbell, Little Rock, and Wisconsin. None of those duels were particularly close. 25-5 and five overall in individual matches. Um, let's start here, man. Like, what was, what was your biggest takeaway about the Cyclones this past weekend? They... They started a little slow. Um, you know, they they may have come out against, uh, who was it? I believe Campbell in their first one, or Little Rock in their first one. Um, and the first match was was a loss. You know, they didn't have Swiderski, uh, excuse me, they didn't have Ter- Tarek Kina in the lineup for their first one. Um, so, you know, they started a little bit slow. Even, you know, David Carr looked great in his first match at 165, but even he didn't really have the the pop that we're used to seeing David have as, especially as the leader of that team, right. You know, you're the national champion, you're the multiple time AA, you are the leader of that team. You're the guy that everybody knows. Um, but like you definitely saw those guys start to ramp up as they got their feet back under them. You know, when you, you get that first one kind of in kind of shake the dust off, obviously practice wrestling is practice wrestling. You can let it go. And those points don't really matter. Um, so being in this first one where it actually mattered and they were in their heads a little bit, then you started, you started to see them start rolling. And then that second one, it was a steamroller, right? It was, it was, I mean, none of their, none of their dual meets were actually close. So they racked up a 20, a, you know, 25 and five with, with wins versus losses, but the, they really started rolling and that snowball rolled down the hill and it just did not stop. And, you know, we, you touched on it with Wisconsin, a lot of credential guys. And I think Wisconsin, they are going to peak when they need to peak. Not to say that Iowa State is peaking, but those young guys came in wanting to prove a point. I think they were ready for this as such a big duel early in the season. Something we're not used to seeing is these big-time teams hitting in that first week, right? And you had the, the Terrakina win to start it off over Barnett, and I think that was a big tone setter, especially because he came out and he scored, what was it, 6-1 at the end of the first period, right? He was winning that takedown battle, made me eat crow. I completely remember I was talking about, you know, getting the Barnett's legs. And he, as I was saying it, he took a shot, was in on an ankle and ended up scoring, right? So it, it went into overtime. I love that the referees did not, you know, overturn a call. They let it kind of play out 7-7, go to overtime. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely the youth factor. Swiderski fire in on all cylinders the entire day looked amazing you know uh, against Zargo who you know that Matt slap double he just blasted through him right and that was a that was a big tone setter as well so they showed up they were ready to they were ready to go and you know it was it was apparent from early on in the day but it got even more apparent as each match kind of went on absolutely and I the youth factor we'll dive into this 
Um, that was something Dresser alluded to like early in the season, you know, the new NCAA rules, um, you know, true freshmen only get those five competitive dates. And, and he knew he would take, you know, I think he took, you know, I don't know how many total true freshmen, but five of them ultimately saw the mat, right? We, we'll talk plenty about Swiderski and, and Paniro, um, two guys who are probably going to stay in the lineup moving forward. But MJ Gaetan got a couple matches, really big pin against Little Rock. Jacob Frost, kid from Dowling here in Iowa, um, looked really good in his one match. Um, I know who, who else am I missing? I remember somebody, uh, Cam Robinson. Uh, true freshman yeah. by eligibility standards, um, got a match, got a win. Um, you know, so I know that's something Dresser really wanted to do, but y- the two guys that are going to stay in the lineup moving forward, Swiderski and Paniro, um, each only got two matches, but boy, did they look good. And when you hear, you know, I remember talking to Dresser this summer, like, hey, like those guys are going to have legit shots to be in the lineup right away and to contribute right away. You're always a little hesitant because it's like they're true freshmen. We've seen mm-hmm. Swiderski. Maybe a few people forgot about Panero because he did the gray shirt thing. Um, but he had really good freestyle results over the summer. You know, you just you don't know until you see them. Mm-hmm. And then we saw them and it was just like, oh my goodness. Like that yeah. like he wasn't kidding. <laughs> yeah, both both guys looked like they were shot out of a cannon when they wrestled, especially in that Wisconsin duel, right? Like I said, that that Math Lab double that Swiderski had. And then the reattack that that Panero had up against Gomez and you know, I alluded to it on the call. You know that Gomez has huge moves. It's fireworks every time he's on the mat. The first two bouts of the day, he's thrown guys to their back and pinning them. He didn't have one match that went the distance, right? So, and especially with how that match was going, they were being shut out. And I think Panero was the last win um, that they had before Iowa State actually got points on the board. And with Gomez being who he is, like I said, you knew he was going to come out firing, whether it was a bundle to try and throw him to his back or the special that he tried to hit twice. You knew Gomez wanted to put some points on the board, especially, you know, against the team that he used to wrestle for, right? It's, it's a little bit of a grudge match there. Um, you know, a silent one, but it's still there. You know, it's something that, that kind of lingers. But, you know, Pinero, I was impressed by him because it didn't, he had a game plan and he stuck to it. He gave up, he did give up a stall warning because he wasn't the initial aggressor. But every time, he came back to fire off a shot to, you know, get a counter. He was making, he was making, he was getting his money's worth with it. He was making sure that he was getting to, getting to Gomez's legs. I mean, he scored takedown and two back points off that initial uh, counter. So, you know, very impressed with him. I, also impressed with Cam Robinson. I've been a Cam Robinson fan since he was in high school here in Pennsylvania when, you know, when I was with Flo and he, always impressed me even as a young as even as a young guy you know before he was in the state finals he was a guy that you could tell was just like on the cusp right and then he gets a shot here you know coming out and he looked really good i mean was firing a lot of offense and you know that is that is another thing that that you saw was a lot of offense from iowa state a lot of offense no matter what bout it was they were continuing to attack staying forward and and continuing to try and score points even when they were up, you know, um, Tarakino, it was completely apparent with him. He continued to fire off shots. Wasn't just sitting back when he had the lead. Ultimately it did go to overtime. He did get countered and scored on by Barnett, but those were, like I said, they were counters. It was, it was not Barnett's shots. It was Barnett's ability to scramble and then create opportunities off of what Tarakino was doing. So, you know, you, you saw how much those guys wanted to attack and wanted to go out and score points. I think there's a conversation to be had about, 
the way Austin Gomez wrestled, like he's a guy that seems to maybe want to like wrestle into shape as the season goes a little bit. Like you could tell wrestling against Pinero, he was looking for the big move early. His team needed the points. He wanted to go out and throw the hammer down. Pinero wasn't having none of it, which was great. And so maybe not the best tactically smart match from Austin Gomez. Having said all that, man, like, the speed with which Panero worked, like the footwork, getting it, getting to his angles, exploding through those angles, that's stuff that's really hard to teach. And like, even if Gomez would have wrestled a more fundamental match, like we've seen him pick Sammy Sasso apart. We've seen him, you know, use more fundamental sound technique when he's wrestling a guy like Andonian or something like that. You know, we know he can do that. We know he's got the big moves, but we know he can do the little stuff well too. Um, but, like, the fact that when he tried to go to that, that was when Pinero was really able to kind of get to his stuff. That was, like, that's going to translate whether or not guys go after you for big moves or not, which makes me, like, okay, like, this guy's ceiling's a little bit higher than I thought, you know? Like, we'll see how it translates once he has to string together really tough, you know, back-to-back-to-back really tough matches, right? I'm talking tournament time, um, and that's a ways away, but just thoroughly impressed with, Panero's match strategy, like you said, he went in with a game plan and he stuck to that game plan at all costs. And it paid off, right? Beat the back, two more takedowns in the third period, able to win that one. That was really impressive. Um, you mentioned the offense. Um, I like stats. Stats are fun. Um, Iowa State, three duels, 92 total takedowns. That's a lot. A lot of attacking. That's a lot, you know? And you break it down by period, 40 of them came in the first period, so you know they came out hot. But 26 in the third period like they they were able you know they weren't able to maintain that pace all the way through every match but they continued to attack through every single match that ended up going the distance they had a handful of bonus points I think a few pins David had one Marcus had one obviously Gaetan had his um you know you mentioned like this this team that just kind of comes out and and went and I you know I think I've probably said this a hundred times by now but you know the Wisconsin duel specifically they came out punching against the Badgers Mm -hmm. landed some early punches and then just kept punching, right? Like that was that was really impressive to see, and yeah. it was I don't know, man. Like it was just I was like I was blown away. I was thoroughly impressed with the with the, this iteration of the Cyclones that we saw this weekend. Yeah, and and a guy you know you talk about takedowns. A guy that that you know we haven't even mentioned yet is Zach Redding, and you know Redding coming out against Taylor Lamont. You know the 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 biggest takedowns that stick out for me were the ones that he got when there was five seconds or 10 seconds or less in the period. He was very good at the end of periods. He was finishing periods, which was, you know, apparent to me that he was, he was out there with something to prove, right? He, you know, you, you think that Ramazan's going to be the guy he wasn't there, you know, he's, you know, recovering, whatever else, but Zach Redding looked great. You know, he, like these other guys, you could tell that they were, settling into making weight for the first time and wrestling. But then as, as things started to go, you know, their best shot came in that final match of the night and, and it, and it truly showed. Right. And, and you would have, you would not have thought that in those first three matches that it went the way that it did. You know, you had Barnett, Lamont, Zargo, all guys ranked what 11 in the top, at least in the top 15 is, but, and as well as Gomez, all guys ranked, you know, top 12 or higher. or So it was just like, it easily could have been flipped. Easily could have, I think every single person probably looked at those matchups and said, 
no, Wisconsin should be up four bouts to zero going into going into 157, right? And instead, it was the complete opposite, you know. And, and like I said, Zach Redding was a major part of that because he was finishing periods. He was looking to score points late in in those periods to make sure he was putting an exclamation point on every single one of of his attacks. And you know, he was very impressive in that regard, especially because, like I said. Most people didn't think that they were, you know, they weren't expecting to see him. And I'm sure that it'll probably be kind of a grudge match between him and, and Ramazan as, as things go on throughout the season. We'll probably see both of them. Um, but, you know, he was thoroughly impressive uh, this past weekend. No, he was fantastic. Um, finishing late in periods. Um, but also, I mean, another thing that stuck out, you know, not just with Reading, but Iowa State across the board, they wrestled really well on the edge. And I have like no specific stats to like back this up, but like they, I like, I just, I remember specific moments of defending well on the edge, turning it into offense. Redding had, had a moment like that against Little Rock. Um, David had a moment. I think, I think that one might've been against Little Rock where he, you know, take down near the edge. Um, but he's standing there. I guess he's on top at that point. Um, scores a turn, able to get two quick backs near the edge. Um, Marcus um, in his tech fall, I believe that was against Campbell. No, that would have been against Little Rock as well. Um, takedown on the edge, but then keeps his opponent on the edge, keeps the Turk, scores two more. So he gets the four points there, gets the technical fall. Um, Panero able to explode. And sometimes when you get your feet running, you run all the way into the stands. He said, nope, let, like, let's put him down, put the hip down, scored on the edge. Um, Jacob Frost had a moment like that. They had moments like that against Wisconsin. Just very, very impressed with a lot of little things that Iowa State did well, which, you know, as you know, wrestling – you do a lot of the little things well, you can blow open scores and win by a lot. Um, yeah. Just really thoroughly impressed. I wanted to ask you about David because um, I know that when you jump weights, sometimes the transition can be – sometimes it takes a minute, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you get to some of those middle weights, right, 57 to 65. Um, I know David's been in the weight room. I know he's, you know, wrestling 74 kilos when it comes to freestyle stuff, so he's not he's not, not used to it. Um mm-hmm. But a seven minute folk style match at a brand new weight. Sometimes you just, you got to see it. Like, how does he look? How does, you know, how does it feel? Um, I, the, the, the thought that you had earlier about how, you know, kind of easing into it a little bit, you know, easing into them, you know, Iowa state figuring some stuff out against little rock and then really coming on strong against Campbell and Wisconsin. Um, that seemed like it was kind of David's day. I mean, he was still David Carr, right? Like he major oh, yeah. pin, and then he, you know, he beat Hamidi and he, you know, seven, five, um, you know, I think he avoided getting Hamidied in the second period and then was David the rest of the match. Um, I like, he's going to be just fine. Like at 65, one of the deepest weights in the country, he's going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he's adjusted very well. Um, David is large. He's big. He's, he's very big. And, and like I, I said it on the call. We, um, the year that he won NCAAs, we were doing, what was it? I think it was like maybe final X road trip or something. We stopped in Iowa state and uh, I was in the, in the room working out. Uh, he was in the room working out. I was getting a lift in. Um, and after we were both done, we took a picture together and I'm, I, I mean, I'm still, I still outweigh him right now, but now like, and, and, but in that picture, I was taller than him. I'm no longer taller than David Carr. He's, he, he's taller than me. You know, he's big, you know, his, you see it in his, his, the size of his back. You see it in the size of his thighs. He's weighed in 
fully at 165. He's in that weight class. And I, I talked to his dad, you know, I gave David a hug too. And I'm like, man, you're getting big. You know, not only did he put on weight, he's got a whole sleeve of tattoos too. Right. And, you know, so, you know, me being the tattooed guy that I am, we talked about the tattoos for a hot second, but the one thing for, for David that really, that I really took notice of outside of the size and, you know, him starting to feel like David Carr, um, at least it looked like he was starting to feel like David Carr against Hamidi was his, his poise and maturity. And it, it's something that I saw throughout the entire lineup. I talked to Metcalf about it afterwards was each guy looked like they had already been there. Like, I mean, I know it's the first weekend, but they were up against guys that were on that NCA podium that have done very, very big things. You know, Barnett, Zargo, Lamont, Gomez, and those guys, they had the look of just maturity. Like it's not, it's, they're not bigger than them. You know, like this isn't a big, this isn't a big moment. We've done it. And, you know, like I said, it is the first weekend. So you kind of take it with a grain of salt, but the poise that guys display out on the mat is always a big deal, especially when you're starting your season off against competition that is at that very high level that not a lot of guys are, are doing, you know, you get a lot of opens and stuff like that there aren't teams that are starting off duels against another ranked team and Wisconsin and Iowa state did that. And Iowa state looked very poised, but getting back to David, he just had just such a presence of maturity. When I talked to him, you know, it was, man, I'm, I'm here to prove that I am the number one guy. I talked to his dad probably more so about David and the things he did in the off season. And, you know, he stayed in the cafeteria. He stayed in the weight room. He's a full 165. Like he really put in the work in all facets to make sure that when he did get up against guys like committee or anybody else in that lot and, you know, in that weight class, he's, he, he's fully there, right? He doesn't feel like he's light in the shorts at all. David Carr is a full 165 and he's, he's a force. He's always been a force at 157, obviously, but, you know, moving up a weight class is never easy. And, you know, I think he's going to, he's obviously going to do some damage but there's no, there's no issues with David Carr at 165 whatsoever. Yeah, and you, and you talk about the poise. Um, you know, there was a moment there in that second period against Hamidi. You know, Hamidi gets out. He finds a little bit of traction, a couple of stall calls, takes the lead. It's like, okay, like third period, let's see what happens. David does David things, scores two takedowns, wins the match. Like, it's like that was really impressive. You talk about the maturity. Um, that's what stuck out to me about, um, you know, the, the young guys. Like, they, they came ready to go. Um, you know, that, that stuck out to me about Marcus Coleman, who's just, he's always that level headed, um, you know, now yeah. he knows he's good. Right. Like, which is a really scary thought. Cause it's like, okay, like he's how high can this really go? Um, same thing with younger Full control from Marcus Coleman. Full control. His, that was, his, the, that was the one his, thing I saw. His growth and development has been really fun to watch. Cause he was, you know, he was a KJ guy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and dresser convinced him to stay and, just the the steady steps forward. I mean, he's, you know, he bounced around a few different weights. Um, you know, he tried the 97 thing. He figured some things out at 97, but 184 is just perfect for him. And he's like, you know, he was on a mission last year, but this year, like he's on a mission and he knows he can do it, which is like, that was, that was at least the vibe that I got watching Marcus this past weekend, which was really fun to watch. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I talked to, I, I talked to Metcalf about that poise that all the guys had. And he just said, you know, it's a lot of coaching, you know, it's a lot of coaching and it's not just the, you know, the intricacies of put your hand here. You want to step here. It's between the ears. And they said, you know, he said they, we did a lot of coaching, making sure that guys were mentally ready for everything and anything 
that was going to be thrown at them this year. And it, it's showing early on. Obviously, we have a very long season to get to. Don't want to overreact about any of it, but they're putting the, their best foot forward already. So, you know, if you're looking like that in week one, the way that you're going to look when you're peaking for NCAA title season is going to be very different. Yeah. One of the, I mean, one of the other things that I, you know, I remember thinking ended up writing different variations of it is, you know, way too early to tell if, if I, this Iowa state team is a top 10 team. Cause that's, that's mm-hmm. one of their goals. They want to finally take that step as a program under dresser. Um, but this is how you would start a season. If you end up being a top 10 team, like this was thoroughly impressive what they were able to do this weekend against Wisconsin, against obviously Campbell and Little Rock as well. Um, what do you think needs to happen next? Like obviously the, you know, the, the easy answers are, are consistency and, and maintaining the good vibes and, and maintaining the good energy and, and continuing to compete like they did this weekend. Um, but it's a long season. Like there's, you know, I feel like growth still needs to happen. I don't want this to be the best version of this Iowa state team, because if it is, yeah, they might be a top 10 team, but I feel like you'd get to March at that point. And it's like, uh, what could have been, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is going to be one of the super interesting things to follow with them, you know, over the next few months. Yeah, and, and Dresser said it afterwards, you know, we're we're sitting here and we're, we're very impressed with how they look week one. You know, afterwards, Dresser said, that was fun. He's like, I've got like 10 pages of things that we can work on, right? So while we, we look at how, you know, you know, Bastida looked getting off bottom and how David Carr was completely under control as well as Marcus Coleman. And then, you know, Sam Skyler having a huge day beating two ranked guys that are above him. God, we haven't know, even talked about one, him yet. He looked great. <laughs> right. One, one of those guys being Hilger who put on massive amounts of weight and, and, you know, looks like an NFL linebacker, right? These guys, they came out ready. And that's the thing is all these guys put in so much work in the off season and it certainly showed both Wisconsin as well as Iowa State. But it, like I'm saying, it, it showed more so by Iowa State with coming out with the win the way that they did. And, you know, I think they can continue to progress and potentially be that top 10 team if they continue to put together performances like they did right here. But, you know, it, it like I said, it is the first week. Don't want to get too high or too low on them. But those young guys are showing that, you know, the moment isn't too big for them, you know, and that they're ready to come out and scrap with, with the best of them. And I think Willie said it when we were on the call of, you know, talking about Swiderski where he said, listen, if you want to be the guy, you got to be the guy. You can't just be halfway in, halfway out. Oh, I'm going to kind of test the waters here in this first week. And if I don't really like the performance, you know, I get, you know, that, that leeway of, okay, now I can redshirt. And it was, if you're going to be the guy, be the guy. And he came out and he was like, I want to be the guy. Right. And it showed, right. So we're, we're certainly going to see more from him. Um, there's a lot more guys that he has to hit in that weight class, but you know, he, he dove right in and he, he wants to be the guy. He's not the guy that's halfway in. And, you know, it certainly showed from, from top to bottom that these guys want to come out and they want to, you know, really, really put on a show this year. Yeah. And it, and it's funny, you know, we're, we're sitting here praising Iowa state and I've, I've always been of the belief that like this year could really set the foundation for next year and next mm-hmm. year could be a really special year for them. You know, we'll get there when we get there. But, man, there's a lot of really fun, exciting things happening. Um, and I keep thinking back to when when David first got on campus um, and how he he wanted to have an effect on this program that was bigger than just him individually winning all this, you know, winning NCAA titles, becoming an All-American, all that. And I think that's what we're starting to see up and down the lineup. Again, first competition, you know, maybe 
reel it in a little bit. But like you look at the way all these guys competed, you look at the way Marcus carries himself now, you look at the way Younger carries himself now, and then you see, okay, Sam Schuyler transferred in and has now coming along. Swiderski and Pinero immediately jumping in the lineup and coming along. Kyson Tarakina, that overtime win, you know, he's had really good regular seasons and then has kind of flopped a little bit in March. But when it comes to some of those tougher guys, like that's where he hit maybe a speed bump in the regular season. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a great way for him to get started. We talked about Redding Um, just, you know, up and down the lineup, save for maybe 157, which could be a hole. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, just radiating confidence, radiating that even keel, yeah, like we're going to go out and we're going to fight for seven minutes and then we're, you know, we're going to see where the chips fall. Like just, you know, I keep coming back to the word impressive, but you know, that's, this is, this is what they wanted to do. This is what they talked about doing and they went out and did it. Um, You know, the, the season's going to, the season's going to be the season, right? They still got to wrestle Iowa, big 12's coming up. Um, You know, I guess I'm curious moving forward, you know, they punched Wisconsin in the face and then kept punching what are they going to do when they get punched in the face? That's, I think, yeah. like the next step for this Iowa State team. Like, wh- how do they react getting punched in the face? Do they punch back? You know, the hope is that they will. And I think this team's makeup says, yeah, yeah, we'll punch back. Like, let's have some fun. Um, but that's, I think, that I think that's what I kind of want to see next from them. And we may not see it until they wrestle Iowa, because I think they got, what, California Baptist and then Grandview. And then they wrestle mm-hmm. Iowa early December. Um, but I think that's the next thing I want to see. Um, you know, just, I guess, in, in the looking forward part of this conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, when you look at their weekend and, and it's, it's kind of a, a football analogy that, that my old coach said is when you play the teams you're supposed to beat, how do you play? Do you play up to your standard or do you play down to theirs? And I feel like Iowa State came out and they beat the teams they were supposed to beat and with Wisconsin, it was a toss-up. Everything went right for Iowa State, you know, last Saturday. It just did. You know, you can't slice it any other way. Everything, they answered a ton of questions for that coaching staff, for that room. You know, MJ Gaetan probably, you know, not going to be in the lineup, probably going to be a guy that still has to kind of grow into that weight class. They figured that out. You know, figuring some things out uh, with Kreiser at 57, Will he, you know, come along? I mean, he looked, he still looked great. I mean, he wrestled really great against, against a uh, model, but you know, it's, you know, number one, 18 ranked guy in the country and he lost by a point. Right. So I don't really think that's a hole, but that's the first bout that they lose. And it's by one point to the number 18 ranked guy with a guy that you don't even have ranked. Right. So they're, but they, they look the part right now. They look the part of a team on Ascension. And, you know, you mentioned that they have some, lesser known teams that they're going to be wrestling coming up or, you know, lower caliber teams and what they just saw. Do they go out and dominate is, you know, the question, do you go out and take that match the same way you took the Wisconsin bout to start the season? Cause if you don't, you know, any given day, you can obviously lose a match. It's wrestling. It can always happen. So making sure that they keep things at that very high standard, which I think that those older guys are doing with Carr and, and Bastida and, and as well as Coleman, I think they are really setting the tone to make sure that those guys are coming along, you know, and seeing how they're composed, they're, they're poised, they're mature out there on the mat. And then it just carries over from one match to the next. It, they, they just continue throughout. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do the rest of the year. Obviously I think, 
with the performance that they just had against another ranked team, people are going to certainly be watching out for these guys. Um, you know, they beat some very, very heavy hitters. So, you know, there's no more hiding Panero Johnson. There's no more hiding. Casey <laughs> right. You, you don't, you don't look at it and say, Oh, these guys are young. You look at it and you say, Oh, these guys are young, but they just both beat all Americans, right? They just beat guys that are, you know, top ranked guys. So, you know, they're, you need to go out there and you can't take these young kids lightly and you really got to be on your P's and Q's when you hit these younger guys. And that's definitely what showed. Absolutely. Yeah. Wanted to touch on Sam Schuyler before we wrapped up this conversation, really impressed by him. Um, you know, six, five, three, two over, you know, two guys that are ranked in the top 12. Um, just, you know, Hilger two-time all American, um, you know, to be able to, you know, duels already in doubt you probably don't need to give your all in the last few seconds there. You gave up riding time. You're probably tired. No, this version of Sam Schuyler kept wrestling through, hung onto the ankle, covered for two, got the win. Um, very impressed by him. You mentioned he, he, you mentioned David spending time in the weight room. Sam Schuyler obviously has as well. He, he looks mm-hmm. jacked. Um, you know, he could probably, we could probably have a larger conversation about heavyweights and just the way that those guys are molding and shaping their bodies nowadays, because everybody was trying to do what Gable was doing. Um, which nobody's going to be able to do that. But all these athletic heavyweights now, just so much fun to watch. It's really cool to see Sam Schuyler kind of fall into that mold a little bit now. Um, that was, man, they were just, they, I, I just can't get over how impressed they were. Um, I was really, really glad to get you on here to, you know, to share some insights that you got to see them on the ground. Any last thoughts from, from the Cyclones, either, either what they did this past weekend or, or what you want to see from them maybe moving forward? Um, the, the thing that, that really, uh, you know, and I've, I've touched on a couple of things that have impressed me, but, you know, and I, and I think it may have just been overall the entire weekend is none of these guys looked gassed in the third period, whether it was Iowa State, Wisconsin. Normally that first week, you kind of get, you know, a, a little sand in the feet when that third period comes around, you look a little tired, you look a little sluggish. None of those guys look like that from any, from any match. None of them look tired. I mean, obviously when you're losing a match, you get a little sluggish, things like that, but none of them look like, they were out of shape. None of them looked like, you know, they hadn't been putting in the work or like it was even the first week of wrestling. Right. So, you know, I think David Carr looked the most like David Carr in the third period of his third match. So, you know, that was what was the most impressive for me is that these guys, the conditioning was not a factor whatsoever from top to bottom the entire day, no matter you're talking little rock, you're talking Wisconsin, you're talking Iowa state, they came out, and they were able to go that entire time and just didn't really look exhausted. Maybe they came off the mat and they were exhausted afterwards, but out there, the body language of all these guys looked very, very mature and, and, and poised and, and like they were ready to go the entire time. Absolutely. The 92 total takedowns, I broke it down by period. 40 takedowns of the 92 came in the first period, so little, little under half. 25 in the second period and 26 in the third period, plus uh, Tarakina's one takedown and sudden victory to beat Barnett. Like, I mean, these guys came out firing, and they just continued to fire. Like, just very, very impressive. 21 of the 30 matches, Iowa State wrestlers scored first. They won every single one of those matches. Um, Four and five in the matches where they didn't score first. So that's – I think you'll take that sometimes, especially against guys like, you know, from Wisconsin and whatnot. Um, Just super impressed. Super impressed with them. Man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know you're not a hundred percent in the wrestling media broadcasting world still, but I, we were talking before we hit record here, you're still going to be doing quite a bit of wrestling broadcasting and 
um, you know, calling a lot of matches here. I know you mentioned earlier, um, you know, doing some Princeton stuff and um, you're probably going to get to see Iowa State again in, in New Orleans here come December. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to make sure that I'm on that side, right? I've been calling a lot of people, talking to a lot of people saying, listen, I, I can do this. I can do that. Hit me up. So, you know, anybody that is listening for sure, definitely hit me up. I can, I can get back on the mic and, you know, wrestling is what I love and it's what I'm here to do. So hopefully I see a lot more Iowa state and I think I'm going to also see some Penn state. And when you talk about those numbers of, of takedowns, that's what those top teams are doing. That's what I was doing. That's what Penn state's doing. You know, Oklahoma state, there's guys are winning the takedown battle holistically. It's not just match by match. You know, we won the takedown battle here at 125. They won it at 133. They're winning it from top to bottom. And, that's why Penn State has been as good as they are for as long as they are because they are winning those battles and something that you see Iowa State doing here early on in the season against a team that, you know, like Wisconsin, who does have a lot of hammers in it. Absolutely. Awesome to see them do what they were doing. Awesome to have you on the show today, Ryan. Where can uh, where can folks still find out what you're doing and then what you're up to if they still want to? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. I'm I'm still out there. Twitter handle has not changed whatsoever, Mr. Underscore our home. So you know, I'm still out here. I'm going to be doing a, a lot more. Uh, you can't wrestling world can't get rid of me. I'm going to make sure of that. <laughs> Glad to have you in it, my man. I appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Big, big thanks again to Ryan Holmes for making some time to chat Iowa State. Always love his perspective and um, always appreciate those who, you know, get that close-up look. You know, we can sit and watch the streams all day, but he's he's in the building. He's feeling the energy of the thing and um, always, always great to have another wrestling expert and wrestling fan on the show to, you know, discuss what we saw over the weekend. Just got to make sure that, you know, maybe we're all on the same page, uh, you know, or he brought in some really good insight that, um, you know, obviously I hadn't considered since I wasn't down it down there in Jacksonville watching it live. Um, so really appreciate his time and his expertise. And, um, you know, like he said, he's going to, you know, going to stay, keep his foot firmly in the wrestling um, broadcasting and commentary world this season. So, you know, he might get eyes on Iowa State and you and I, maybe some other teams down the line. Try to bring Ryan back on the show to discuss more wrestling with him later this season. But hey, that's all we've got today, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Going to have another show later this week to get you ready for all the action this weekend. But in the meantime, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe to catch all my stories, mailbags, and and videos. The season is here, guys. I don't want you to miss a thing. You can find links to all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. We will talk again soon.